everybody, and welcome back to the CNC Replay. I'm Noelle. I'm Corey. I'm ben. And we have, we have a special guest <laughs> We today. do. The man behind making us sound good and doing all of the editing stuff that we don't want or like to do, Ben Rathna. Yep. That's, I said that right, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. How okay, long good. have you known us? It doesn't... Can you say my name right? Cersina? No, it's not the official way. What's the official way? Do you say it you, the official way? Yes, I say it? I say the official way. Sersina. You can't Sir no. When when I'm when you're talking fast, you can get you can say Sersina, but when you're just hanging out, official name, you got to throw the V in there. But fine. Yeah, it's okay. simmer simmer down, man. Simmer down. But anyway, Ben, welcome. Thank you to the uh, I guess not the behind the scenes part of the podcast. Welcome to the the forefront of the podcast. What do you what do you have to say to the people? Thanks for letting me edit this podcast. <laughs> Thank you for doing it for free. I'll yes. Bet. Yes. <laughs> no, that's, but that's our favorite part, honestly. <laughs> I I hope I hope everybody know we make zero dollars from anything that we do on this. No, podcast. we're actually losing money on this podcast because we have to pay yes. subscriptions to certain things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Ben keeps those sunk negative costs. At a constant for doing this for free, so thank yes. you, Ben. We really appreciate uh, for it. Sure, for sure, you're doing the Lord's work. Yeah. So, Ben, we usually have people kind of explain their relationship to sports when they first get on here. Um, so, feel free to go back all the way to elementary, middle school, high school. You played sports in high school too. I forgot about mm-hmm. that. But if you want to just kind of explain your relationship to sports and go from there. Uh, yeah. So my I played you know elementary and middle school and high school sports and that's kind of where my career stops <laughs> nice. i i uh played intramural and in, or play intramural in college because i'm currently in college and um what sport soccer yeah yep, he's I a big soccer, soccer kid yeah big detroit they don't have city. that detroit big detroit city fc guy yes ben we'll get we'll get <laughs> updates from you do you yeah, know what that is? I don't. Yeah, I know what it is. I don't watch it though. <laughs> do you I, like watching soccer, or do you just like playing soccer? Oh, I like watching soccer. Okay. Mm-hmm. I enjoy watching sports. I just don't follow them like you guys do. Yeah, I think do that's you... the thing is that Ben and I did grow up in a household that like watched sports. Our mom watched basketball in the eight in the nineties. She was a okay. big Bad Boys fan. Go um, and then we went over to a friend's house every season to watch. Um, the Stanley Cup playoffs because we didn't have cable, so we didn't have like certain games, um, and that was kind of the extent of like our sports thing. Oh, and the Olympics, but that was kind of mom's and my thing. Ben didn't really do the Olympics with us. Only the Winter Olympics. Mm, he didn't even do then. It was just yeah. Anyways, so I don't know how I became the sports person in our in our family, but this is where we're at. Fair enough. Ben, do you have a do you have like a Premier League soccer team that you follow or you just watch soccer for the sake of watching soccer? Yeah, I just watch soccer for the sake of watching it. I don't I don't like follow a specific team. I'm not like, you know, a Manchester United or a Man City or, you know, Liverpool fan. I'm I'm just like I just watch it to watch it. Fair enough. We love Fair it. Enough. We love we love the we love the sports fan that just roots for the sports. You know what's the Rob Lowe hat with the with the NFL logo? Where you just rooting for the? That's Ben. That's <laughs> essentially goes, what Ben. Yeah, is. sports. Yeah, I mean, I wonder what the like the the statistics behind that is. Like, am I more like the majority of 
sports watchers do they watch the like follow it or do they do kind of what i do and just kind of watch it to watch it you know like what what would that statistics be that I sounds wonder. like that sounds like a special segment for ben if we, that's his assignment <laughs> nope nope that, that could Corey, be, that could be a crash course it could be a crash course that but... could be a crash course kind of breaking down that stat I can't steal Ben's thunder like that, though. He's the guy who presented the, the, the topic. I did. I just came up with it because I was thinking, and I shouldn't do that. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Thinking on the podcast? What? We don't, we don't do that here. We don't do that here. Not at all. Yeah. But it would be interesting to see, like, because I guess I'm coming at it from an angle where we, again, I didn't grow up with cable, so I only had Channel 7 and CBS that were like football on Sunday nights, um, Lions on Thanksgiving, and sometimes Red Wings games. Like that was kind of our our, our eight channel pack, you know. Um, sad. And Corey's giving me a very sad face right now. That's sad because <laughs> Corey is. You've had subscriptions to everything since you were born. Oh, oh yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it all started with baseball. So like, yeah. baseball was exclusively the only sport I watched for probably a good three years uh and then i switched over to football in, in the fall watched i've watched michigan football as well and then uh the red wings like i don't remember religiously watching the red wings until probably like 2011 maybe okay somewhere around there and then obviously like i watched 2008 the 2009 like cup mm-hmm. but didn't really understand it and then took off and whatnot right. and i watched then i watched every sport after that um, yeah because i was like well, oh, I love in sports. 2011 you were also in eighth grade so it's not like i feel like it's very hard for a student that age to like really get into it especially because the internet was and social media wasn't like a thing you know what i mean like instagram I mean, it was starting. It was starting. That's what I mean. Like, it would, like, nobody was going there for news. It was everybody's, like, personal thoughts, you know? Like, that, I mean, we've talked about this before. Like, we go to Twitter for our sports news now because it's easy to find. Um, But when we were in 11, when we were in 2011, we were 12, 12, 13. Yep. And we didn't really have access to instant news so it was harder to follow religiously those things unless you were watching it all the time on tv for sure no i I would agree with that and then i think once everybody got to high school and then figured out Mm -hmm. oh you can use this thing for whatever you want yeah because instagram didn't come out until we were in we were sophomores so 2013 ish yeah instagram was lame back then Oh, now, so like I have screenshots from some stuff back then. It's a scary place. I don't. I don't want to see it. I don't want to no. see it. But I will say that when I started watching hockey, nobody in my high school, at least in my like group of friends, really cared. And then I was like, "Dude, the Red Wings are on." There's a late night like cup run, and then people started to get excited about the Red Wings. So like I kind of started like a little following. Ah, uh, you were that's a trendsetter. My, that's my one claim to fame. I will say that I started like a little bit of a hockey craze in my high school. Like, as far as, like, watching hockey. We had, like, a hockey team and stuff, but, like, mm-hmm. those guys kind of, like, stayed off to themselves. But as far as, like, fans watching, like, NHL hockey, your boy. You start it. You started, started it. it. I start Not to do I what love I'm that. born, but... 
um, regardless. But we need to talk about things that happened with we our, do with our beloved Detroit sports. And finally, 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 in the first time ever for the CNC replay, or no, is it or is it not? Yeah, that we have Lions this, content, live I, Lions content. This is the this is the first time because we started this in like early early February. Which is, you know, oh, Super yeah, Bowl yeah. playoff run era. Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. yep. So this is, this is, wow, a monumentous time. <laughs> First ever live Lions content for the season. Uh, and week one probably went just about as expected with a loss on mm-hmm. the surface. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the game offered, I, I, I don't really know, it offered like a bit of everything. Some new, some old and then some concerning things, but also uh, a little bit of change for hope. And that's kind of what Lions fans have to cling on. So, Noel, I know you closely watched the game just because you were the one talking about it the most in the group chat. And then Mm -hmm. I could not watch the game until the end because I was A, working, and B, I live in Indianapolis now, and I had to watch the Colts on local television. So So sad. So, uh, Noel, please, please take away with your observations first. Um, yeah, so I watched on my bed on my laptop, which, you know, not the best viewing experience, but that's what I got to work with at this point in my life. Um, I was saying before we started recording that it felt like the same old lions and also not, and I can't exactly pinpoint what the not is quite yet, you know? Um... I think that there were some really good things. I really enjoyed watching Penny Sewell do his thing. I think that he did a really great job. Um, there were a couple, like, near fumbles that I was like, how did we even get to that? Mm-hmm. So that was discouraging. Um, we go into this knowing what Jared Goff is. Yep. Who he is as a player, who he is as a quarterback. Like, we know this. Um, and even still watching it, I was like, can you please throw the ball farther than 20 yards, mm-hmm. please? Mm-hmm. And he didn't. I, he might have once or twice, and I can't remember. And I don't think that they connected. Late in the game. Yeah, it was, lit. it was like either late third or early, like fourth quarter. Um, so, like, that's disappointing, and I know that will be something that is talked about a lot in media, and I'm sure that that's a conversation in the locker room and among the offensive staff. Like, um, so, like, that that was not the same old Lions mm-hmm. in the sense that we are very used to Stafford, who is one of the, I would argue, the best arms in the league. The league. Um, yeah, and then... TJ Hawkinson doing stuff. Proud freak. of that kid. Like freak. Like that was I think that was maybe the most encouraging thing cuz we've been talking about like okay, what do we know about receivers? Do we know anything about receivers? We know nothing. And then he went out and had a like a decent game, like a really good game for what the game ended up being. Do you know what I mean? Like it wasn't we didn't win, so it wasn't phenomenal, but I mm-hmm. think TJ Hawkinson had a great game personally. I think he was a top five fantasy uh, tight end this week. Perfect. I want, I want to say. I mean, there Love was a that. couple. There's a couple big games. Waller for the Raiders had a huge game last night. Gronkowski on the opening night, he had like two touchdowns. But I'm pretty sure he was just under a hundred yards uh, receiving okay. and a touchdown. I mean, that's 
you put that up every week. That's elite tight end numbers. Yeah. And I, I, again, I don't use that term lightly. Like, if he were to do that every single game, he would be, he would be probably in the conversation top three tight end in the league. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that doesn't happen. But I'm just saying that's quality production from exactly from your man. Yeah. Um, there was a point when. Jeff Okuda was getting chewed out on the bench in about, I think it was the late first mm-hmm. when he, um, oh gosh, what was the, what was the play that happened? I'm trying to remember. I can't remember. I think it ended up in a turnover. Don't quote me. I'm really bad at like game memory. So I apologize for that. I would assume he would have gotten burnt in coverage. So I don't think it would have been a turnover. Okay. That, that sounds right. It does sound like it was. Yeah. I feel like I remember he got burnt really badly. Uh, during coverage, and he was just getting torn into on the bench, which, you know, works for some guys. And, like, later they showed a video of him getting, like, hugged by the same coach and, like, got, get, like a big back slap um, sort of thing. So, like, I feel like there are people out there that will make that into something that was, like, drama. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it was. I think that there are some... I, I played with girl, with women who like needed to be yelled at when they made mistakes or else they wouldn't change or it wouldn't like fire them up enough. So there, I know that there are people that are, that function like that. Yeah. I don't do that. I break down and cry, but I know that there are people that fuel fire that way. So, well, just, I mean, I mean, it's go. almost like you respond better to that when you know that like the, like the coach actually cares about you. True. So exactly. like, if someone's just going to yell at you the whole time, of course, I'm not going to respect that. And yeah, I'm going to shut down and do that. But the fact that you saw the, you know, like the embrace, they just, you know, butted head, not, not butted head sounds worse, <laughs> but like, like they did like a head forehead touch. Whatever. Yeah. Forehead touch. And like, it's like, Hey, like, like I'm coaching you, but like at the end of the day, like you're my guy, you're my player. I'm going to support you through, through you working these things out. I, I do want to say, um, and I do have a couple of takeaways, so I don't want to cut you off completely. No, no I was, that was basically done. So go ahead. Okay. So we'll start with that then. Um, if you go, you look at the video of coach Chu and out Okuda, what Audrey, what, what's his name? I'm sorry. Aubrey Pleasant. Aubrey, Aubrey Pleasant. Okay. So sweet. So you look at coach Aubrey talking to Okuda and you can clearly hear him say, do your job. Now, I don't know if this is me just looking into this too deeply, but the fact that he's telling Okuda to do his job when Okuda was the third overall pick two drafts ago, that's not yeah, good. That's, that's not a problem. I, I mean, that like, is it's, an one, issue. it's one thing if it's like, if it's a question of, of him not being able to do something or like him not having the skill set to do something. But he is, he is simply telling him to, uh, you know, keep to his assignment. And this is, this is a guy who is one of the highest rated corners in the high, And I just don't understand how you can go from one of the highest rated corners ever, like a slam dunk cornerback prospect, and then just be so abysmal. I yeah. get it. He's been, he's been hurt. Um, it's very, the NFL game is incredibly different than the college game. Everybody knows this, but still, this is again, the highest, one of the highest rated cornerback prospects ever. And he's struggling mightily. Now we learned after that, he 
you know, he had an Achilles injury. I'm assuming that played into his production on the field. I'm going to go with that, hold off some hope for Okuda to come back and recover from this injury. But still, Mm -hmm. you don't want to be telling that to your third overall pick. Do your job. Right. That's not very encouraging to hear. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to have our conversation slated as same old lions and new lions that right there in week one was a same old lions. Yes. Draft draft prospect not living up to his potential. So chalk yep. one up for same old lions. What um, draft was was he twenty nineteen? What draft was he? Yeah, twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Okay. That was Quinn and Patricia's like last right, like last hurrah. Um, so that's we love that. F those guys. <laughs> I, I again again I cannot stand Matt Patricia and like this is like other than Alavila. They're one and two. <laughs> like I, like I at least like am like okay with Alavila as a person. I am not okay with Matt Patricia as a person. Cause, okay. So, so there's there's your there's your there's that's your difference. Gonna, there's your difference. That's all I'm going to say about that. Okay. So chalk one up for same old lines. Number two, my dad of all people, who again is the most pessimistic Lions fan of all time, was laughing at a comment that Penny Sewell uh, uh, had, which Penny Sewell. I was very surprised because he struggled a little bit in the preseason, which is expected. He's, uh, I think he was the youngest uh, he's player. He's 20. Yes, he's 20 years old. And I believe the Lions tweeted out a stat that he is the youngest left tackle to start a game in NFL history. Um, <laughs> Ooh, pressure. So there's pressure there. But he he shut down one of the best pass, pass rushers in the league in, in uh, Nick Bosa. Um pretty well um Mm -hmm. and this was at left tackle which is the hardest position to play on the offensive line and maybe outside of quarterback in the nfl um but so he started most of his time at right tackle because taylor decker was our left tackle but taylor decker got hurt so penny sewell just swapped over there and you'd think okay this is a little that was a game day decision too that was a game day decision yes um or maybe maybe it wasn't maybe it was the game, day before because my dad told me about this quote on Saturday. Okay, day before, but still, I, no, like, I don't within know. the just, twenty-four hours is quick. Yeah, I'm just thinking out loud. I wasn't yeah. trying to whatever. But so naturally, Penny Sewell was a left tackle. He was playing right tackle uh, in the preseason, which where he struggled. And there was a reporter who asked him the questions like, "So what's the like? What's the like? How is like the feel? Like the question was based off of like how's the feel of of left tackle versus right tackle." Um, what's more difficult for you, someone who's naturally left to tackle? And Penny Sewell said, well, it's kind of like wiping your hand or wiping your rear rear end with your opposite hand. It's a little weird, but you'll get used to it after a period of time. (laughs) And so, like, lighthearted, but also Mm -hmm. makes sense in the response. And then he also showed up on the field with maybe the toughest assignment that he'll have all year, and he played exceptionally well. So. In New Lions, we're going to chalk one up there because we had lots of reasons to be concerned about how Penny Sewell was going to perform given his age, given his his position uh, and skill set. Um, but he performed very, very well. And I think Chris, who was at the game, said that Penny Sewell was one of the brightest spots, and it was noticeable as well. So mm-hmm. very good that your number one overall pick or your first round pick is performing at a very good level um yeah immediately it's also to... a win for our gm and our head coach too yes. you know like we were just talking about matt patricia and and co uh 
and their failures mm-hmm. in the draft. And so for Penesul, who we did see, again, we did see struggle in the preseason. We were all just kind of like, okay, he's going to have some jitters and he's going to have some things to work through. And then to come through and like hold his own, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. in that area is 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 telling and positive and good. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah, it can't it can't be anything but good. I mean, you you'd have to feel good about that. At least if you're going to feel good about something or you have and at least for this year for the Lions, you have to look at the little things and Penny Sewell having a game like that mm-hmm. in a situation like that is encouraging and a victory that you can build upon as you uh move forward throughout your season. So, I completely agree. And also, Penny Sewell was the guy for the Lions. Like, he was number one on their draft board, above everybody else, above Fields, above, um, I can't even, I'm not even, I'm just blanking on all the guys, but he was, he was the guy that they wanted, and they got him because he fell to them, and they were ecstatic to draft him. I mean, the draft, the draft room went crazy when, Mm -hmm. when they drafted Sewell. It looked, it looked like a draft room if they got first pick overall and got the number one prospect. Like, that was Correct. the reaction level that they had. Correct. Um, so, yes, Penny Sewell's performance, new Lions. We'll chalk that one up. Uh, immediately to SOL, same old Lions, uh, of course the first half performance was... Gross. Abysmal. Absolutely atrocious. But what we expected, because this team is not very good. Uh, the mm-hmm. secondary got torched by Jimmy Garoppolo... Um, who should not be torching any secondary. I mean, I like Jimmy. <laughs> I like Jimmy G, but like, right? They, they were they were up thirty eight to ten. At one yes, point I know. I know. I watched. It, I, I, it, how how on earth you're you can give up that many points to the San Francisco Forty ers with their number one running back being hurt as well <laughs> is beyond me. Just no. beyond me. Um, so, yeah. SOL, first half performance. Um, but to chalk up into the new Lions was the second half comeback, obviously. I think mm-hmm. four minutes to go, and then they had, what, 20-something unanswered points? Yeah. I would even call it the fourth quarter comeback, because the third quarter wasn't phenomenal. No, 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 no. I'm, no, I'm saying the final four minutes of the game is what right. happened here. No, I know, but you said second half comeback, which uh, okay. technically okay. it did happen in the second half, but we need to call it the fourth quarter comeback because that third quarter was not good. Yes, I I agree. None of none of that game was really good until the very end for the Lions and then also Correct. Penny Sewell throughout. But um, the, I was just looking at the highlights again. The Lions, first and foremost, did not quit and... If we heard anything during this offseason from Dan Campbell and company, it was that this team is not going to quit. We're going to get knocked down. We're going to bite off some kneecaps, blah, 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 blah. We're all going to do this. And it's like, okay, show us. They showed us a little bit. They did. I mean, they, they caused turnovers. They caused havoc. They did, not, they did not give up until the very end. I mean, you can say, okay, well, there's nothing to be happy about in an eight-point loss at home. Okay, that's fine, but given to where they were at, the fact that you know San Francisco was sweating a little bit at the end there um, kind of shows that this team has a mm-hmm. bit of a different character, or at least building towards a different character. Now, 
This could all fall off the rails next week as they go to Green Bay. In Green Bay, Monday night, and playing probably against a very angry Aaron Rodgers who had the worst quarterback performance of the league this week Mm. in week one. So they could go and have this mentality and then just get the break speed off of them and quit. And then we're like, okay, this is the same old Lions. But if we're looking at this by a week-by-week basis, the comeback in the final four minutes was exciting. It it, it was exciting. It showed some heart. It showed some character. uh, And also showed a little bit of luck. Um, I saw that onside kick. Luck is not ever the Lions' friend, ever. No. Not, not one no. time has it ever been the Lions' friend. Uh, and they got lucky with an onside kick. And they they succeeded. with, Or they, I can't think of the word. This succeeded is a terrible word to use. But um, <laughs> Say the sentence and I'll try and help. They, they didn't waste that lucky opportunity. They capitalized yeah. on it. Capitalized, okay. that's the word you're looking they, for. They capitalized on that opportunity. They came and scored. And then they... Again, thought the game was over after uh, the 49ers got a first down with uh, Debo Samuel with that catch um, that took it into Lions territory. But then they're still not giving up. They're hitting the ball away. I think it was a Trey Flowers that stripped the sack or stripped uh, stripped Debo. I'm not sure, which is also great because Trey Flowers was uh, uh, he was he disappeared last year and was just not very good. Um, mm-hmm. But Stripped, you got a chance to go down the field and win the game, and then ultimately, because it's the Lions, we we go ahead and lose. But the NFL was on notice with the craziness that was happening in Detroit, and honestly, the 49ers were a little scared. Um, But if that's how we can approach every week, we're going to get some wins. Yeah. We're going to get a lot of losses just due to the the nature (laughs) and talent on this team. Um, Mm -hmm. But... uh, we're gonna I, maybe we're not gonna be the laughing stock, and we're gonna make teams prepare a little bit better for us because this team will be relentless. That's the word I want. I want this team to be relentless, and if they can be relentless, they will they will cause some chaos. Yeah, absolutely. And so, ch- chalk it up for new lions. And so, what's the score now? Two to two. Two to two. Two to two. Um, Which, if we're if we're at five hundred, I guess that's fine. Well, that would be a miracle if we made it to five. Well, we can't be five hundred because there's an extra game, so there's no more five hundred in the NFL. <laughs> I so. know. I was just saying, like, the, the I was mixing baseball with it. We're gonna have to get down the middle because of Goff's play. I honestly, looking at his stats, I think Goff played pretty well. He's a he's a he's not a dumb quarterback. He's a pretty smart quarterback, which is why you know you you mentioned um, you know no passes past twenty yards. Okay, that's because he's checking down, which isn't exciting, but it's also the smart play when there's nothing else to do. Um, now, he got picked off in the game as well. It was probably mm-hmm. not, not the... I didn't see it, but I saw the stat line. It was uh, hard. <laughs> yeah. So it was pretty... You know, it was, pretty it was a rough sack. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm a little concerned with Goff. I've said this from the beginning. I don't want them to think... Maybe he can develop into something good. He needed a change of scenery, but I I'm still would be a little queasy if they mm-hmm. are going to use Goff as the quarterback of the future for this team. Um, yeah. Because if that's the case, they just needed to keep Stafford. Yeah. 
Yep. If that's if that's the case, if you're. Just, I wonder if, you... if Chris's opinions on this have changed much or at all mm. since he was since like watching preseason and then being at the game on Sunday. Yeah, I would be interested to hear what his thoughts are. Maybe we'll have him like record an extra and just kind of insert. Maybe, maybe we'll tell him to next um, week. We'll we'll see if he has any thoughts. Yeah, and I think the problem is with Goff too. Like he looks like a quarterback. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> it, it, I mean, that's, it's dumb to say, but he looks mm-hmm. like, he looks like he should be playing quarterback in the NFL. He's big, he's tall. Um, I don't want to say he's got the looks, but like, just the way that like he moves, like, cause you can like mm-hmm. tell like, okay, this guy looks like a baseball player. He's got broad shoulders. Like he's got, you know, all the intangibles. Mm-hmm. Like this guy looks like he should play baseball. Yeah. Or this if guy he was in like- a lineup, if he was in a lineup of like baseball players, you wouldn't be able to tell that he wasn't actually a part of that team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he's got the build for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which, I guess, is typical of most quarter is, is stereotypical, I will say, of quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah. So, but all in all, I guess we have a 500 of of things that we a like. 500 split, like. yeah. A 500 split, with Goff being that tie-breaking 500 split. Which is exactly down the middle. Which is the tie. He's got one foot in either side. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, you know what, like made me more mad. Like this, this game didn't make me mad. What did make me mad was afterwards, a couple hours later, when the Rams game started, and I saw all of like the YouTube influencers that I like follow on Twitter and stuff. Be like, oh my gosh, the Rams, blah, 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 Matt Stafford. And I was like, shut up. Nobody cared about him. And that's half of the world until three weeks ago. Dude's a freak. Anyways. Dude's a freak. And I hope everybody realizes that we're, that we're bashing on Matt Stafford, that he was not the problem. No. He never was the problem. I want him to go and win the Super Bowl. Like, if he... Yeah. Uh, full, hardcore, on the Rams train for the Super Bowl. Like, that's where I'm yeah. at right now. For sure. I just want him to get a ring. I want him to be happy. I want him to prove all the naysayers wrong and to prove Detroit naysayers wrong. I yeah, that's that's my my, de- my desire for that guy. Yes, I agree. Um, closing thoughts on on this week for week one of the Lions. Like I said, there's some good things that we can take away. A lot of bad things, um, and I will say that some results do need to come with that relentlessness and that toughness, that new mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, it's cool that Dan Campbell says, Oh, I'm proud of the way that our team fought. That gets old very quickly, especially yep. with the lions. Um, so, so what need... would a successful season look like to you for the rebuilding lions as, uh, as they are now. And as we know what they are. Uh, like, I mean, like I said, if we're, I mean, if we're a bad team, but we lose games by one possession and we look like a competent football team. Um, Cause look, I, I, I'd like to think of uh, the dolphins from a couple of years ago. Tom Gores uh, is the head coach. Um, and he had a pretty tough first year. I think they only had one or two wins, um, but they stuck with him. And then the year after that, they saw immediate success um, as far as how they played the difference that they played. And then a lot of, young guys stepped up they had two uh two is still kind of a wild card but they just went to foxborough and beat the patriots this week um so uh, you just have to see progress and i don't i don't mean like the the non-linear progress i think you need to see some linear progress for there to be a success 
season for a season that's not very good. Um, if they finished a game below uh, 500 or or just with, I guess, one one less win as it comes to losses because now we're, the whole NFL schedule is wonky, um, that would be a miracle, I yeah. think, with this team. And yeah. we would be praising Dan Campbell for the work that he's done. Um, which I also don't think that that would be very good for the team because we need to get some more talent um, and we need another high draft pick. So let's let's lose games smartly. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, ben, good. do you do you have any comments? You've been very quiet for our thirty two <laughs> minutes of the show. Yes, I have been because um, I don't know sports. That's okay. <laughs> I did text him. I was like, hey, you can, like, mute and do other things, because I know you have no comments. And I was, yes. Yeah. Ben, what is your, like, um, non-sports person perception of what the Lions are? Trash. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Great. That's a great soundbite. Thank you for that. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) All right. Moving on to our baseball cats. The baseball cats, and very interesting dynamic because everything that was happening at Ford Field uh, was happening right across the street from our beloved baseball cats, mm-hmm. um, which the weekend the series... busy Detroit on Woodward. Busy Detroit. But the weekend series, uh, again, sound like a broken record. The Tigers play exceptionally well against teams. Good teams. Very good. Mm-hmm. Do you and, remember the Red Wings from, like, three seasons ago? Yeah. Mm, kind of the same thing. Yes, I do remember. And then... Continue. S- sweeping Montreal. Uh, in the, that was a couple years later, but that was... Perfection. Mwah. Chef's kiss. Mwah. Uh, so, the Tampa Bay Rays have the best record in the American League, um, and they come in for a weekend set against the Tigers. And they lose two of three to the Detroit mm-hmm. Tigers, who are, again, every... Uh, the the baseball world is starting to pick up on how the Tigers have been progressing, and they're getting excited about it. Uh, but still, watch out if you are a and if you are any team trying to win games, you cannot take a weekend off or a, a, a series off against the Tigers. You will lose the series, and I'm I'm not saying like I'm not saying as far as. If you take it off, there's a chance you could lose the series. No, you will lose if you take the series off. I don't think that's what the Rays did. However, I do think that that's what a couple of teams did. I think Boston did that earlier uh, in the month. They took they took some games off, and then they ended up losing the series, which could come back to bite them in the butt because the Tampa Bay, or not Tampa Bay, the Toronto Blue Jays are currently hotter than the core of the sun um, yeah. as, far as, the, as far as the playoff race. And Vladimir Guerrero Jr. just overtook Otani for the American League home run lead. And could potentially win the triple crown this year which is bananas because he's like (laughs) he's like 21 years old which is absurd absolutely absurd living up to that 80 grade hitting uh hitting uh yeah 80 grade hitting grade i guess that he was given as a prospect um which who's now becoming the most feared hitter in baseball so craziness um however it's the same thing Tigers being scrappy, not giving up in any of their uh, in any of their at bats, and then leading off to a, a, a walk off series win 
Sunday afternoon win to a stadium that had four people in it because they're going over next door to watch the crappy Lions. So I, I was thinking about this today. The Tigers in that moment were playing one of the best teams in the league, and they had to manufacture not only runs but their own energy. There was nobody in the stands. Now, it, you know, people talk about how you know teams feed off of crowds' energy, which is true. I absolutely believe that's true, and it helps with player performance. But also to see again, these game this game doesn't matter for the Tigers in the in the grand scheme of things, but seeing that series it matters to the players and we didn't often get that vibe from teams in the past especially the osmus teams especially the tail end of uh, some of the leland teams and then and then frankly uh from the garden hire teams as much as i love the guy we didn't get that either we didn't get that we didn't get that fight and we didn't get that belief that hey this game matters to us even though you know we're out of it and we're not supposed to be in this game at all um and uh, that's really cool to see. That's gonna if you are a team that can make your own energy and not have to rely on the crowd. Um, that's only gonna help you. And by help mm-hmm. you, that's gonna that's gonna help you win games in tough uh, environments. So, it, just just to put an example: if you can create your own energy, you can go into the best team in the American League for the for a division uh series game in the postseason and you can steal a game and you can change the whole complexion of that series these are the foundations of a championship team i i'm gonna pump the brakes there i'm not saying the tigers are a championship team please do not think i'm saying that but of things and qualities you want in a championship team something like that creating your own energy being relentless, not giving up, not taking plays off. That is what you want to see. So as far as building a championship team, those are qualities you need to have. And I think this team understands that. Also, Victor Reyes is playing like a guy who wants to be on this team next year. And that's only going to help the rest of the team if you have guys pushing each other constantly. Because when we look at it, Victor Reyes, Derek Hill, I mean, I love Derek Hill. He's got elite elite speed and he'll be on this team but like they're not game changers right now they could be they could be um but victor reyes is playing like a guy who's trying to earn a roster spot next year he's hungry you know he hit he hit a bomb uh on friday night against the rays uh, it was like a 430 foot home run and he pulled it right into right field victor reyes is not the type of player who should be doing that at all just a swing to, but he he did it. Uh, Harold Castro, uh, your ultimate utility man, which, honestly, okay, Nico Goodrum is not going to be on this team next year solely because of how Harold Castro is playing. Harold Castro has the second longest home run uh, for the Detroit Tigers. He hit it to straight center field. Harold Castro, I think, has maybe 10 extra base hits this year. Maybe. Oh, my. And one of them is a 420-foot home run to dead center field at Comerica Park. <laughs> these guys are playing for their lives, and those are the guys I want on this team. So you, we're going to sign somebody big this offseason. We're going to sign a couple people that are pretty big this offseason, but guys like Victor Reyes and Harold Castro who play their hearts out every single day and now are finally seeing 
some production because it's it's much different than oh this guy plays hard but he sucks. I mean you can you can be on a bad team when you play hard and you suck, but to be on a good team you have to play hard and also have some production. And guys like Castro and Reyes are going to be on this team solely because of that. And Derek Hill I would like to see as a starting center fielder for us. Um, just solely because of his elite speed, it's only going to get better. And he's still a pretty young player. I think he's how 20, old is he? He's twenty four, maybe twenty five. Okay. I mean, he was drafted out of high school, and he spent ages. It seemed like in the Tigers minor league system, but he's getting some production now. Um, but you look at these: you have Badu, you have uh, Derek Hill, you have Robbie Grossman, you have Victor Reyes. Um, I'm missing somebody else. There's another outfielder. Um, Yep, I, it's well, one for so me there's, too. there's four outfielders there. <laughs> the you other really, one. <laughs> you really don't keep more than four outfielders. But Robbie Grossman's here to stay next year. Uh, Akil Badu isn't going anywhere. Derek Hill is going to solely be here because of his defense. Um, and Victor Reyes is a utility man out there as well. Um, but you're going to need another player to stick him someplace. Probably going to get a guy at shortstop. The rumor is Carlos Correa is going to come here, which... Sure, fine. I'm I'm not on the hype train yet. I feel like the the short the shortstop uh, free agency uh, uh, pool is huge this year. So that's why people are saying Correa is going to come here and sign a bunch of money. He but he's a game changing bat. Um, and if you look at championship teams, I love Badu. I hope he improves. I think he's going to be a star for this team in the future. But Robbie Grossman and Derek Hill, you need some more production out of there. But also. Those are guys that you don't want to lose at the same time. It's a it's a very weird dynamic. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I do, absolutely. Um, so there's going to be another guy that's going to get into the mix, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be an elite-level bat. So you're going to have to stick him somewhere, and then now you have uh, spots for – or f- spots that you're fighting over with Hill, Reyes, and then probably Grossman or Badu. I mean, you can slot one of those guys in a DH wherever when Cabrera's finally not going to be able to, you know, do whatever he does. But um, I, I, that's a good problem to have because those are young-ish players, but those are players that are don't have the notoriety and are hungry. I know this is a huge tangent. I just thought about this, but um, <laughs> but I'm excited about that, and I think the Tigers will keep five outfielders next year. Um, solely because of how well those guys are playing. And Harold Castro will be your super utility guy in the infield, which means Goodrum will walk and sign someplace else. And your infield will probably be uh, Condelario, again, who is still leading all of baseball in doubles. Don't forget That's that. Wild. Uh, your free agent shortstop, Jonathan Scope at second, Cabrera at first. Um, and then it it looks like Haas is going to be your starting catcher on opening day, and you're going to have to you're going to have to sign another catcher um, in the off season. Rumor has it that Alex Avila is going to be in that mix because he'll be super cheap. Um, will the prodigal and, son return after being shipped off by his father? The prodigal son will. I'm I, I will lock in that the prodigal son will return um, for a cheap contract for his third stint with the Detroit Tigers, um, and. Yeah, you're he's gonna been, have. He's been moved twice. Well, he. Started I thought he's only cre- moved the once. Started his career here, uh, was not signed as a free agent. Or, yeah. Yeah, was not signed, not given a contract by his dad. 
Then he <laughs> re-signs in Detroit and is traded by his dad. The uh, trade is what I remember. Okay, I don't and, remember and the, so the not signing. He'll be back again, um, I think. And he'll be backup catcher to Haas. Um, and Griner will be in the mix someplace. Uh, and then you're going to sign... I don't know what outfielder you're going to sign, but you're going to sign another outfielder who is an impact bat. Um, and he'll play somewhere. You'll just throw him in there. And then that looks like a pretty good team. Um, on the flip side of that, it looks like Matthew Boyd is going to be on the shelf for a period of time. He tried to come back, um, pitched a couple. I mean, he did pitch bad um, when he came back, um, but his elbow was bothering him, and he went to the same doctor that uh, Jake Rogers went to, who he also had Tommy John surgery, so he's going to be out for a year. Um, so not good. Signs are pointing towards that he will be injured for a year. But now that's Spencer Turnbull, Matthew Boyd, uh, and Jake Rogers, who all have the same elbow injury, who will be out for at least a season. Um, not great. Is um, that unusual to have that many pitchers go down on the same team? Um, ask the Angels. It seemed like they had a uh, they had a uh, contagious disease of uh, Tommy John uh, injuries. Um, which didn't make any sense, but a lot of people spoke to the coaching and the training staff not preparing these guys well. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I would like to think that's the truth, but I also, I mean, I don't want to blame the coaching staff because Fetter has completely changed the the complexion of, of this rotation, both in the bullpen and in the starting rotation. Um, so I don't know if that has anything to do with it. We've had the same training staff for quite some time, um, but... I mean, I don't know. Maybe you look at so many of those same injuries, you're probably going to ask some questions on at least the people who are taking care of recovery. Um, and then also with, uh, with like, the coaching style and how they're throwing and stuff. So Fetter's probably going to get some questions. If they – I don't think they will, but if for some reason they did fire him because of injuries, I think that would be a huge mistake. Um, mm-hmm. Like an I, overreaction of sorts overreaction but i i would i would more have that fall on the athletic training staff than okay the pit the pitching coaches okay because it's the athletic training staff to make sure that these guys are healthy healthy yeah yeah and yeah i don't know it's because Boyd doesn't throw very hard um maybe he was exerting himself i don't know um turn roll was through kind of hard and then Jake Rogers is a catcher, so it's very it's very rare that position players get Tommy John surgery, um, but it has happened. Uh, Corey Seager for the Dodgers had Tommy John surgery uh, before last year, and then he ended up he ended up being fine. He won uh, NL MVP or NLCS MVP, and then eventually World Series MVP. Um, so position players recovering from it is fine. It's a mixed bag for your uh, pitchers recovering from it. So. Fingers crossed. Um, that's just an update that we have. It's not official, but it's looking that way that Boyd will probably be uh, done for quite some time, which is sad because we all like Matt yeah, Boyd. We do. Yeah. Any comments uh, on that, Noel? I know I, I was talking a lot about the Tigers. I didn't think I was going to, but no, that's okay. I mean, they're they're your boys. Um, My first love. Yeah, I don't really have uh, any comments. I didn't get to watch any of the games. Um, because baseball, honestly, is hard to watch on weekdays for me. Really? Um, it's easier for me. 
that well okay because i'm so busy throughout the day and then like i have stuff to do afterwards that like for me baseball isn't it's weird because the baseball is a thing that i can't throw on in the background Mm -hmm. like i feel like i have to pay attention because i want to watch all the nuance of it you know Mm um I, i don't know so it's harder for me to watch on weekdays so typically i don't watch it um yeah. So, no comments from me. I think you did a pretty good job. Thanks. Per usual. Per usual. Appreciate Alrighty. it. We don't uh, have any Pistons news. Yeah, other than that, DeAndre Jordan trade. I mean, it's the offseason. It's coming up. We'll we'll get some more. Um, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, the roster is practically set, right? They don't have to sign anybody else. And I, I don't think like... so. Yeah. And then all NBA drama is always usually reserved for the big guns like the Lakers and yeah, any superstar in the offseason. So. Yep, yep. So to be uh, announced for Pistons news, but we will give you your Pistons news because we all know that everybody listens to this podcast for Pistons news. And only Pistons news. We should just be a Pistons podcast. Yeah, we will not be doing that. All righty. On to our winged wheel boys. The winged wheel boys. Uh, well, I guess we have to start with uh, Noel bought tickets to the prospect tournament, so <laughs> I did. So I'm re- very excited. We'll be reporting live from the one game that we will both see. <laughs> <laughs> we won't report live, but I'm sure that we will both have comments and thoughts about it next week and talking about it. Are we going to sit yes. together? Or is that going to be weird? Uh, I'm it's like your this... family, it's like my family. Yeah, let's probably not do that because I'm with like my dad and my brother-in-law. So like, I don't know. Like, I like you and all, but we're going to see each other on the wedding that we're going to be at, which prevents us from seeing the rest of the prospect tournament. That's um, true. Like we were going to go on like a Saturday, Sunday situation, but Chris gets married this weekend. So yeah, Chris, move your wedding, please. Yeah. Just, just, just scrap everything that you've been planning for the last year. And let us go to the prospect tournament. You can come with us. You and Marielle yeah. can come with us. We'll have a Absolutely. great time. Absolutely. Um, however, so that'll be a lot of fun. Um, yes. I'm really looking forward to it, seeing how... I do have I... some thoughts about that in terms of, like, who's on the roster. But if you had other thoughts before we no, get into that, No, I don't. That, Take, it away. Take it away. Um, so I am a little, like, not concerned. Concerned is the very wrong word. But, like, curious, I guess? As to why um, Mo Sider isn't on this roster, and Joe Valeno is. I, I, I guess this just kind of points to the fact that Mo Sider is probably penciled in on opening night. Yeah. And Joe Valeno still has kind of like a, a prove-it-to-me situation with Iserman. That's, that's kind of the vibe I'm getting. So, I, I will... Uh... I'll answer that the best that I can. Uh, the prospect turn, the last prospect tournament, uh, they had Zadina was on the uh, prospect tournament roster, and he eventually made opening night roster. I okay. think after that. Um, so, but had Zadina played games before that? I can't remember because uh, Valeno was almost a regular by the end of last season. I think maybe. Okay, maybe he did. I can't remember. But I remember right. it was Zadina, Giovanni Smith, and somebody else had an A. It was those, there's three other players that had an A. 
because mm-hmm. they don't they just rotate with alternate captains and not captains for the prospect tournament which honestly i feel like that'd be kind of fun to have like valeno wear the c for the prospect tournament because like he's like the wily veteran now i guess but um yeah i don't know um but i think that's they just want to make sure like he gets his most like seasoning as he can before mm-hmm. the year so he'll have competition in the prospect tournament and then he'll have training camp then he'll have the preseason then he'll have opening night um, yeah so that's yeah. i guess the best i guess i, I just question. i mean he's been playing the same amount like with all covid and stuff he's been playing the same amount as as cider cuz he was over in yeah. in the european leagues you know i don't know Anyways, those are my thoughts about about, about excited. I'm really excited to see Jonathan Bergeron, Bergeron, however you say his last name. Um, I'm ready for that. I'm ready to see Raymond. Um, it's been fun to watch those guys' social, like the young guys' social media, because a lot of the young guys who are like 18 to 22 are like really into like the Instagram game, and so you get to see. Yes. Like they were at the at the Lions game, and Mo Sider was having the time of his life with uh, with a Lions flag, and it was really fun to watch. They went to the Big House and watched a Michigan football game. Like, and you can tell that Dylan Larkin is just kind of like shuttling them around to different spots in the area, Jeez. which is like Big Brother energy that I'm here for. Um, so that's really that's really fun to see. I love to see that they're getting plugged in and like going to different sporting events. I think that's probably one of my favorite things about. Detroit as a sports city is that it feels like all of the athletes support one of one another, regardless of whatever team they're on and regardless yes. of how they're doing. You know what I mean? Like, um, I feel like they're always at different spots. You know, you have Pistons players going to Lions games, going to Tigers games. Sometimes they'll go to a Red Wings game. Uh, not as much, but, Um, and then you have like, same with the other guys, like they're always shuffling around to different sporting venues. Um, and I think that just shows like a a love of, of sports and a love, like we, you and I, we both love sports. And so if we had the opportunity and probably the, the comp tickets to do so, we would be at literally every game we could be. And so it's nice to see that. Even though they're in like the, the 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 what's the word I'm looking for a higher echelon of human being, I guess in terms mm-hmm. of like Detroit people, um, they're still like having fun doing stuff and staying in the area, putting you know food money and beer money and all that good stuff back into that. I don't know. It's just I just like seeing that. I, that makes my heart happy. No, it's cool. It's cool seeing, uh, like, the players that you root for invested in the city that you live, like that mm-hmm. you share together. Yeah. I mean, how can that not be cool? That I mean, that's part of the reason why the prospect tournament is so cool is because all these people that are there, you're just sharing the space with them. Yes, they're the upper echelon of Detroit people or whatever, but like, they're still like people. They still got to go like get a get a bite to eat at the end mm-hmm. of the day. they got to go someplace to sleep so like i mean like it's i, I i'm repeating myself again but like the humanity of people but also just like i don't know the support of the people that you know you support um, yeah so it's 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 reciprocated support i guess yeah i think it's 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 humans are all about connection and all about the connectivity between one another we love putting 
um, boxes around who we are and making connections to other people. That's why BuzzFeed personality quizzes are so popular. Like we love being able to relate to other people. And I think that this is just one point of that is like, oh, I have this, this one area that I can connect to with one of my favorite players who I love from this team, but they're also showing the same love that I have for this other team or for this other thing. Like that's, I think that's really important for a lot of sports fans. And I don't know if a lot of people know why or know how to put that into words, but I think it's because we crave connection and we create, we crave the ability to relate. um, And that just gives us one more way to do that is, is seeing these guys go to these events. Yeah, I agree, hundred um, percent. We should probably talk about the things that we missed, and, and we missed one thing. Others. We missed one thing. We did miss one thing, and it's really bad that we missed it because, like, this is probably the biggest contract that was signed by the Red Wings. Yeah, uh, not, it, not good on our part. That was yeah, that was Phillip a big Ro- miss. Corey texted me about fifteen minutes after we hit stop recording on the pod, uh, and it was like, "Oh, hey, we missed this one thing." And, yeah, uh, not great. What was that thing? What did we miss? We missed uh, Philip Peronik's three-year contract extension for 4.4 mil per year, um, which sounds like a lot, but honest, he's our best and youngest defenseman. Not maybe numbers-wise, but as far as prospectus goes, mm-hmm. um, he's, the, he's the guy with the highest ceiling. Now, he struggled a lot. Um, I don't want to say he struggled a lot defensively, but I feel like that was the consensus. It was like, why are we giving this guy who's not that special for, you know, $4.4 million? It's like, well, mm-hmm. um, he's technically the future of the blue line, and B, he was also put in a lot of um, unfavorable positions um, to start. Uh, and that was the knock on Glenn Denning and, uh, you know, other players that left for free agency. But um, the fact of the matter is, Hronik has shown that he's, he's a solid player in this league, but he's also shown that he has room for improvement. And I think with however you play him this year, um, you're going to see that improvement. I don't think Steve Eisenman would give him $4.5 million for the next three years if he didn't see something that he liked. Um, right. And at worst-case scenario, he sucks, he bottoms out, and he only he's only on the books for three years. Yeah. And, I, I think... He's, Go ahead. He's only 23. Yeah. He's, I think that's the thing is like, we have to remember that Iserman is not one to give up money easily or without cause, right? Like even all of the, the misses with like Brendan Perlini and um, Bobby Ryan wasn't a miss, but he's not coming back. Like those sorts of things. Like that wasn't wasted money because it was a correct amount of money that those guys got, even if they didn't pan out for the long term, even if they weren't, you know, like they weren't, I don't think that Bobby Ryan was supposed to pan out for the long term, but I think Brennan Perlini was very much a, Hey, let's take a shot on this guy and see if he pops off. Yeah. Um, and he didn't, and we didn't waste money on him because he filled a spot. He was a guy that we needed on the bottom line to fill a roster spot. Cause we didn't have anywhere else to put him. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like giving this amount of money to Philip Heronik, who is consistent, like he is a consistent p- 
player. Did he have a great season last year? No. We'll all agree that he did not have a good season last year. Um, mm-hmm. Did he have any support last season? Mm, also, no. So, okay. That's a little bit of a harder discussion. But yeah. closer to a no than it is to a yes. Right? Um yes. Yeah, so I think I, I was not surprised by the number, or nor was I mad at the number. I was like, yeah, that seems fair. Yeah, I think so too. It's a seems like it's all like a really reasonable contracts that we've been giving out this year. I'm I'm looking at the cap friendly page right now. Me too. Um, Our favorite no plugged, uh, no ad, no free ads website. Correct. Um, and I think it's very clear that this, well, this, this uh, salary um, or this payroll, excuse me, I couldn't think of the word, um, is now the bottom is bottom three. But I think the talent is better than it was in previous years while the payroll was at the top of the league. So, which even is if, even a if, wild concept in, even, in post COVID times. Even if some of these guys suck, we're still a bottom three payroll team in this league, which is great mm-hmm. for a rebuilding team. Mm-hmm. And I'm just looking at this. You have Dylan Lark and Jacob Rana, Philip Zadina is your top line. Love that. It's the best that we can do. And then your your second line is Bertuzzi, Fabri, and, and Suter probably playing at the center position. Love. Also great. Love. Love that. Love. And then, now looking at this, you have a, a, a kind of a hodgepodge, but you have Nemesnikov, who should have been our second-line center last year, but just wasn't for whatever reason. Adam Ernie and Michael Rasmussen, you have, like, veteran, youngster, and... Miscellaneous. <laughs> miscellaneous, bruiser, you know, Nat-type player um, as your third line. You might have some offensive input from there, and then your or at least some line, shutdown there. Yeah, you know for sure. And your bottom line is going to be a combination of Sam Gagner, Carter Rowney, Michael Mitchell Stevens, and Giovanni Smith. So whoever who also I'm got signed this weekend for seventy five hundred yes. or seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars for the next two seasons. So yes. I feel like he he's going to be a guy who's going to be on this the third or fourth line consistently and your rotating door of of players who are going to be healthy scratches are going to be unfortunately Gagner and Carter Rowney. But I feel like they understood that assignment to do that. And they're both also making pretty identical um, contracts in that regard. Yes. Um, so, cool. I like that. I like our forwards. And then Nick Letty... With Dekai, or Nick Letty, DeKaiser, Heronik, Stahl, Stetcher, Jordan o- Oysterly, who I'm excited to see because he's also a Michigan guy, and Gustav Lindstrom. Um, also going to be fun to see. And Oysterly might be your odd man out. Um, or honestly, they could probably just healthy scratch DeKaiser all the time, which might, they might. be what's going on because this is the last year of his of his contract. Um, so, Which also probably is the reason why he hasn't gotten the A because they don't like him all that much. Um, but as far as the state of the roster, as it is today, I don't think you're going to see any more signings after the Smith signing today. Um, I really like it. Yeah. Is it going to be phenomenal? Like, are we going to go spot hunting? No, not at all. Are we going to make a splash? Yes. Are we, yeah. Are we going to, 
hopefully be competitive and also ruin other teams' days? I sure hope so. I'm I, I'm hopeful and optimistic for that outcome. Let's be the Tigers of uh, this this year. Right. Let's do it. Yeah. And then and then we I mean we have our goalies which pretty solid like i'm i'm not mad at it i am i gonna miss bernie because the man deserves a statue yes yes i am Mm -hmm. did grice prove himself at the end of the season and is nadalkovich a good 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 goalie yeah i think this tandem is is gonna be solid Mm -hmm. and with a better defense in front and with a better Uh, yes Hopefully no playing during uh, flu season for our boys. Poor Bernie. Or, geez, what a warrior. But, but yeah, other than that, I think, I think that's about a wrap. It's about a wrap. I don't, I don't have anything else to say. I don't have any more closing remarks. Excited for the tournament. It's going to be uh, my, I think my first Detroit sporting event in quite some time. Uh, yeah. Which which is a lot like a long time for me. Like I've been to like a couple like minor league games here and whatnot, but mm. I'm, I miss my boys. I miss being able to drive 25 minutes south and uh, and see them go go into a game for like 20 bucks. So I know you're so so privileged in <laughs> in the things that you could afford and the amount of games that you got to go to. Listen, no, it's not. So people always give me a hard time. No, 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 no. I mean, like, you are very good at finding deals. I'm not saying, like, you're a rich kid that can afford these things. I'm saying that you have a talent in securing reasonably priced things. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. I'd agree with that. I I hope so. All right. Wrap it up. Do you have any more? We're, um, everybody go wish Chris happy wedding week. Um, because I know that boy no. is stressed. You know what? No, don't do it because he still is disrespecting Jimmy Howard and I had to d- drop some truth on him yeah, last night. There was a, we, I did wake up to some very long text messages this morning, uh, where Corey kind of went off about Jimmy Howard circa late 2010s, early 2010s, early 2010s. That's my yep. bad. And then also there was that year where or he played like half the season, but had like a, a nine twenty seven save percentage. So, uh huh, uh huh. Shut your mouth, Chris. Yeah, I think Chris does it more to rile you than anything. Um, which he's good at because he's the youngest and he knows how to push those buttons. You're also and the youngest, the... but you're not used to having a youngest. And he's the one who's getting married first. Well, I goes. know, which is classic. Classic Chris. Classic. Is that classic Chris or is that classic just us? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so that's a sad co- topic of conversation that we don't need to we don't need to walk We're down. We're not gonna get into it. We're, happy thoughts. Happy thoughts. All right, Ben walked away from his screen, so we can't ask for uh, any more thoughts from him. So. He's out. <laughs> he pieced out. <laughs> he had one one comment about the lions, um, but we really just wanted to have him on so that you guys could hear the voice behind the editing. Uh, you'll probably never hear him again because he doesn't like this kind of thing, but we forced him to. Uh, so yeah, thank you all so much for listening. 
We appreciate you. Um, don't forget to rate us five stars and subscribe wherever you listen to on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, all those good things. Um, feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at CNC Sports Pod. Um, and shoot us an email if you have any questions. I should probably check the email. I have not checked the email in a very long time. You don't tell them that. Well, <laughs> I'll check it this week. Um, yeah, so thank you all very much for listening. Ben, you're back. Do you have any do you have any closing remarks for the people? Keys sitting down, sitting there he is. Um Not really. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. I mean, I don't know what else, what I should say, you know. Okay. Perfect. Do you want to watch the show desires. and uh go go follow them on their social medias? There. there wow see perfect Beautiful. we love a plug mm, i know what to do <laughs> i did already plug us but that's fine um well do it again follow again make another account and follow perfect Ooh, like there see big brain mm-hmm. big brain over here all righty everybody have a great rest of your week we love you all thanks for listening i don't know why we you all do. waved to the screen because you none of you can we see us do. anyways bye have a good day <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Noelle. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the CNC Replay. Please subscribe and rate us five stars as it really helps us out. And give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at CNC Sports Pod. We'll see you next week.